Hi, this is Kimberly. Please enjoy our podcast, but remember our doctors are only here to educate, not diagnose. If you have any questions or need any further information, please email me. My email address is kim at mfwellness.org. Hi, this is Kimberly, and you're listening to the Spine Whispers podcast. With me today are Drs. Joshua Fink, Dr. Matt Fink, and Dr. Brad Maurer. Today we are on episode 12, Tops and Bottoms, Tops and Bottoms. All right, Kimberly, you know, I just run out of things, the ways to compliment her introductions. It just knows just what to say. Your thoughts, you guys have any thoughts about her? No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's weird how similar that sounds to every single every introduction. Single Fantastic. All right, this week, uh, what we need to talk about is the washing of hands. Now, listen. We are going to say wash, W-A-S-H, but we are all from the Midwest, and you're going to hear an R in there from time to time. I need you to not panic. The three people in Saudi Arabia and the guy in Nepal, we have some Canadians. Like, uh, I was looking at people that are downloading us. We're, we're downloaded in eight countries outside of the U.S., and they are going to be super confused when they start hearing our local vernacular kick in. International. So... You know, I get it. I understand. It may hurt your ears. We're going to do our very best to sanitize the word, you know, but it's going to happen. So don't Great. worry. All right. So we have a very large pediatric practice. We have big family practices here in St. Louis, and we get asked about this all the time. You know, keeping young people healthy, keeping families healthy is one of our the most important things we do. I would argue that it's the only reason most of us come into the office anymore. Uh, because it's just such a it's such a rewarding thing to be to be in charge or be help out people's families and hand washing is something that it just doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's just an incredibly effective way to keep people healthy. So my job this podcast is to convince you that the washing of your hands is cool. I'm gonna talk about why it's cool. I'm gonna talk about what's happening. You know what makes it better than than most other forms of disease prevention. And then um, Dr. Matt is going to talk about best practices. And then Dr. Maurer is going to have some, has a really cool uh, segment. He's going to talk about chiropractic care and flu, viral transmission, um, and chiropractic care in the past because there's some pretty big components. So it's actually a really neat um, journey back in time. So I'll get started first. So I'm going to try super hard not to just biochemically explode because, you know, I have a degree in it, and I feel like I never get to use it. But I, what I want people to understand is that Soap and its role in hand washing is the reason why it's important. All compounds out there, every single one of them, uh, uh, 95% of them, are either what we call hydrophobic or hydrophilic. And what that means is that the compounds either are what we call water-loving or water-fearing. That means they can dissolve in water or they, or they don't dissolve in water. A great example is oil. Oil is hydrophobic. It doesn't have any polarity. It won't dissolve in water. Have you ever tried to mix the two? Have you ever made a nice vinaigrette, Dr. Maurer? A balsamic vinaigrette? Yeah, you gotta shake that thing up. Shake it. Shake and it. You see those little droplets in there. And what that is, is the oil encapsulated by water. It's surrounded by water. That mechanism is what makes hand washing so important. Because what soap is, is a compound that has one end of it being hydrophilic and the other end of it being hydrophobic. So it's a really, really cool biochemical 
interaction that allows the compound itself to be dissolved in water while the other end of it is holding something at bay. So if you get dirt and grime and, and all these oil-based compounds on your hands, just water is not going to remove them because water doesn't, these things don't dissolve in water. So you can't get rid of them. Now, you can take your kids outside and you can pressure wash them, but after two or three times of doing that, people are going to complain. You know, plus they really can't, when you get to the red nozzle on the pressure washer, Kim, you're going to leave some marks and you don't want to do that. You know, it's, it's frowned upon. But if you have soap and you use that soap, it has that compound, it has that biochemical ability to grab on part of the dirt or the oil, or whatever's on your hands. And then the other end of the soap, which is hydrophilic, the other end of it, if you think about it like a baseball bat, you think about somebody has an actual baseball and you take a bunch of baseball bats and you line them up so that they're sticking out from the center of the baseball. That's what soap looks like. It grabs that baseball, which can't dissolve, and it carries it away. So you take dirt, something that won't water can't move, add a soap to it. The soap organizes itself around it, suspends the dirt in the water, and then you rinse it away. And that's why it works so well. It doesn't matter if it's a bacteria. It doesn't matter if it's a virus. It doesn't matter what it is. People talk all the time like, well, what about an antibacterial soap? Well, you look at triclosan and some of the other antibacterial components, they need about two minutes to work. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if you, keeping soap on my children for two minutes, <laughs> you would have to trank them. Like, you wouldn't, it, it's not possible. Luckily for us, just the act of using soap, soap is against anything. Anything on your hands. Soap picks it up, carries it away. That's what makes it so, so totally cool. And it only takes a little bit to get it. You just have to get that soap all over your hands. So what I want people to understand is that it has nothing to do with the... I mean, some people like lavender soaps or different kinds of soaps. That's all perfectly fine. But the most important thing is that you use soap. It, it's biochemical nature. The fact that it can exist as two, two separate compounds allows it to be so successful at removing dirt from your body. And that's what you are doing. And if you don't do that, you leave the bacteria, the viruses on there, then you get into trouble. And that's all there is to it. Soap is easy. It doesn't penetrate the skin, you know, unless you have an open cut, then you burn yourself horribly. But it doesn't cause any of the side effects, and that's why it's unbelievably important. It's unbelievably safe. If people all the time are like, you know, what about the flu shot? What about the flu shot? What about washing your hands? When's the last time you did that? If those companies that are pushing the flu shot spent one-fifth of the money that they spend talking about the flu shot, as I talk about hand washing, or put that money into hand washing. You set up a hand washing station outside every store, like, just go crazy with hand washing, and you would see an obliteration of sick rates. You know, right now you get like the rhinovirus and some of our other viral friends. They mutate so many times between, you know, Labor Day and Halloween because they get back inside to these large masses of children with these nice warm lungs. You get them all in the same room, they start breathing on each other, and you start activating all these vectors, you know, droplet route, air route, all these different ways. And one way to take that whole thing off the table is by having your kids wash their hands before they bring all that junk home. And so that's the long and short of it. I try not to make it too complicated, but I wanted to avoid just screaming wash your hands at people because I do that anyway. And so now all you moms and dads know that making your children and yourself wash your hands is... Just the best way to stop those vectors from getting into your home. So that's all I have to say about it. If anybody wants me to draw them some super cool pictures, it'll be just super fun. So just even mention that. I'll, I'll, we'll have a whole party. So, All right, Dr. Matt, what do you have for us? Um, so basically, the CDC does a really, really good job of explaining 
why uh, hand washing, just like you said, Dr. Josh, is the most effective way yeah. to actually clean yeah, your you hands and stop the, stop the spread of disease and right. all uh, bacteria and viruses and stuff. So the CDC is saying it. And so they say a lot of stuff, but this is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is true. This is one thing that everybody agrees on. So it does. And I don't know why it, it I think it's because it's so simple. People think it, there's no way it can be effective. Like, oh, it's got to be way more complicated than that. I need to chant something while I'm washing. There's just no, I, you know, and it, yeah. it's just because it's so easy. It's so cost effective. People don't want to do it. Or they think there's no way this is this will work that great. So there are really five steps to the procedure of oh, identifying. Let's do, let's do it. So this is hand washing 101. Do it. All right. So. You want to wet your hands with clean running water, mm -hmm. whether it's warm or cold. That's been that's not been determined whether that's okay. makes a big difference. So comfort, comfort. Okay. Turn off the tap to save water. Apply the soap. Apply the soap. Now, there are people that would be like, "Oh, I just want to put soap on there and not put any water." Mm -hmm. Well, on some soaps, that's okay, but like you want to get it lathered. That's you right. want to. You have to emulsify. Yeah. You got to emulsify right. the bad stuff, and then you have to rinse it away. Like that's the whole point of the soap: lift up the germs, suspend them in solution, rinse them away. All right, and then uh, the CDC says basically you want to front, back, in between. Mm -hmm. Front of your hands, back of your hands, in between your fingers. Mm -hmm. In between. A lot of people just go front and back and skip the in between. Right. There could be something lurking. So yeah, you that's always, like twenty percent of your yeah. skin. Yeah. Come on. So in between your, your fingers, and then uh, you want to make sure everything's lathered up, turn on the faucet, rinse it off. Boom. All right? And that's it. Before you turn off the faucet, you want to secure your drying apparatus. Mm-hmm. Use that drying apparatus, whether it's a towel, whether it's a paper towel. They say a clean, dry towel. Right. So I know Dr. Josh at his house, he has... A whole laundry an basket army. full of That's right. clean single-use towels. An army. Just, just go to a, go to whatever wholesaler you can, Sam's, Costco, whoever. They'll somewhere in their store they'll have a bundle of clean, but maybe not the prettiest looking washcloths. For you'll get four billion of them for four cents. Yeah. Then you run them through your washer, run them through your dryer. Halfway through the drying cycle, you have to stop it because they've come apart and your dryer is about to catch on fire. <laughs> clean out the lint vent. <laughs> Finish the cycle, and now you're ready to go. And the, I just we just fold those up and stack them in all the bathrooms. The other thing to do with drying your hands is to let them air dry. Mm -hmm. And when we say air dry, we don't mean shake your hands all over the place. Vigorously. We just mean to let your hands air dry. Right. Unless you're overheated, you can refer back to our heat my heat episode. You talk about it as a way of keeping cool. True. Um, and so really. If you're in a uh, public restroom or something like that, mm -hmm. and they have paper towels available, make sure you That's secure a couple of paper towels so that when you exit the exit nice. the bathroom, you use that paper nice. towel to open it. Use your foot to secure the door. Boom. So throw it right throw in the trash. It away. Can. I have a question though. What's your recommendation when they have only blow dryers? It looks like you're stuck I, in that room I, forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I first I kick their blow dryer off the wall so they know how 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 frustrated I am with their with their choice. <coughs> then you take your hand, put it through your shirt, grab the door and open it up. If you do it quick enough, nobody sees you actually doing it. Trap That's the door with your foot right there. and then you're out. That's right. Look, like the number one Or you vector. wait for the next person to come in. 
It's kind of creepy. He's right that a little like, creepy. Like the yeah. number one vector for disease is handles. Yeah. You know, they there's a study. It was it was like a 2011 study with 44 percent of skin contact vectors. Bam, it's on handles. You know, so you catch them when they come in before they enter your home. You know, get them at the door. You know, like my son, we built a wash station to come in, wash your hands before they even go into the house. They take their shirts off in the mudroom. I mean, I've got four little boys, so, you know, it's probably different for other people. But then they wash their hands right there. And if they don't, it's just the end of the world, you know, because now they're taking that vector inside the house. The next thing they touch, everybody else is going to touch that. Now you have a repeated source of infection. It's just unacceptable. You know, they're like, well, oh, I, you know, I yell about it. They're like, well, we don't want to get the baby sick. I'm like, who cares about the baby? You get your mother sick. We're not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll get sick. You know, I'll just crawl into my pain cave and suffer until I'm better. But if the baby, if she gets sick, we're going to live in the woods. Yeah, it's uh, the woods. It's tough. Know. It's tough. Um, the other thing is, when should you wash your hands? Mm. We can use common sense, but sometimes, uh, sometimes common sense isn't enough. So you want to wash your hands when you're um, after handling food, mm-hmm. uh, before you eat, mm-hmm. after you use the restroom. Mm-hmm. In any sense of the imagination, however you want to visualize that. So one, one and two. And what other one is there? Is uh, there I don't third know. One or? The, number three. I don't know. It's like one <laughs> and two at the same time. I don't know. Um, Liquid. So when you cough into your hand, blow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, wash your hands in. Just anything you can think of um, that would uh, require you to be clean. Okay. That's it, really. I mean, it's it's straightforward. Yeah. Um, and the thing is to really get get everybody to do it that's it most effective way yeah we we talk about herd immunity you know but what about like herd hand washing we can get that done man we'll be set dr ma what do you got for us so yeah i wanted to talk about how chiropractic Mm -hmm. can actually play a part in helping keep away illness oh who knew but we did yeah yeah, that's true (laughs) so you maybe have heard of your friends and family you know saying oh i'm gonna go see my chiropractor feel like I got something coming on or yeah. I just want to make sure I'm staying healthy mm-hmm. I'm making sure I'm not getting the, a cold or anything like that what have you yeah what, what have you sometimes so, malfeasance I want to talk a little bit about that but before I get into the details of how that actually happens I want to do a little bit of a history lesson so we're going back to 1918 mm. 101 years ago mm. Kim do you know what happened cow. in 1918 there's a lot of things but no. The 1900s might as well have been the 1500s right. for kids. She's like, what, the Magna Carta? You know? <laughs> yeah, no idea. Uh, God, Kim. Marigold Vespucci. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, uh, was chiropractic in the Is that in 1918? I don't know. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> okay, so let's just... Kim. We're going to have to get a GoFundMe for Kim. <laughs> So there, there's a lot of things that happen, but I'll let you Google that. Yeah. Uh, what I want to talk about mm-hmm. is the pandemic That's right. influenza that occurred in oh, 1918. Oh, yeah. One of a couple pandemics, but that yeah. was the big one. Yeah, man. Uh, often referred to as a Spanish flu. Oh, okay. So, and numbers out there, they, they kind of vary a little bit, but they're saying about 500 million people contracted wow. it. Wow. It was an H1N1 Right. Uh, the first Henny. Yep. Yeah. Well, the first documented Henny. Yep. Right. And then... I, I believe 50 million actually died from it. Yeah. So we have 500 million right. contracted. It's one in 10. 50 million Jeez. died from it. 
And so that was it's worldwide. Incredible, man. That's why it's pandemic. Incredible. So terrible, terrible thing. But if there was one thing that kind of shone through, it was the effect that chiropractic had on the people who had developed that influenza. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time, you know, chiropractic, you were wondering what year, 1895. Right. Was the year so it only it been began. around? Only been a documented, officially founded. Yes. Officially founded. Twenty-three years. Twenty-three years. That's yeah. awesome. Chiropractic man. as a profession. So there were probably not, there was just a couple chiropractors, a handful really at the yeah. time. And a lot of them. I'll go over a little bit of info oh, here. Yeah, a lot cool. of it was from Davenport, Davenport which is where of course, right where up the street began, and where the first chiropractic college is from. So, but the thing is, people started noticing. You know, what's up with this chiropractic thing? All these people are going to their chiropractor, and they're coming out fine. Right. Meanwhile, they were going to the medical physicians. Right, and, and, and or dropping. not getting sick in the first place. Yeah, right. exactly. So, and there's a lot of, I guess that's back when people wrote in their journals or their yeah. diaries. There was a lot of info on chiropractors who had, who had written that their business was doing okay prior to 1918. But after that point, yeah. their, their office just took Exploded. off. Exploded. Yeah, yeah, that's how you crazy. see those old pictures of the guy has like the chairs around the building, you yeah. know, these chiropractors that would see 100 office visits a day. Yeah. And then, and then about that time, everybody was seeing the results and people wanted to get in the professions them, themselves. Yeah. And that's when it really It's kind of crazy, exploded. isn't it? Like the, the, the Spanish flu was responsible for the first great expansion of chiropractic. We, the ranks of chiropractors swelled. In response to the flu of all things, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. See a need, fill a need. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> what a great movie. <sighs> what a great movie. So, so okay, okay. the data I was mentioning coming out of, of uh, Davenport mm -hmm. was that 50 medical doctors treated 4,953 cases okay. of influenza with 274 deaths <sighs> in the same city. 150 chiropractors, including the students that were at the college. So the students were doing okay. Yeah, and faculty of Palmer uh, School of Chiropractic. They treated 1,635 cases with only one I was going to say, I bet at one or zero, yeah. yeah. So that just right there kind of shows yeah. the results that they were having. It's really cool, man. What I want to kind of shift that towards is, well, how does that, how can that happen? Right. And what, what, we're, what we're not trying to say is, we're not saying that by putting our hands on you that we're, all of a sudden, curing you of right. influenza or the cold, or right. there are people that do that. Right, they have uh, they have television specials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hand to the head. miracle spring water. That's right. <laughs> we don't have any of that here. We we barely got good water. You know. Uh, so Dr. Matt earlier was talking about you know it's across the board. Nobody denies that washing your hands is beneficial. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To keeping away illness. It's the same thing when it comes to talking about the immune system. There's no argument that can be had that the immune system is going to, you know, a healthy immune system is going right. to help you battle illness. Right. That's what so it's there for. What system is it that helps mm -hmm. control and coordinate what goes on with the immune system? Well, that's a healthy nervous system. A healthy nervous and system. And that's where we come in as chiropractors. Right. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the public don't realize what effect we have on the nervous system. Right. You know, they, they view us as back pain, low, low back pain, whatever, neck yeah. pain, headaches, you know, maybe a sciatic Right. Uh, which we do a great job with that. We're but, incredible. There's yes. no question. But what they don't realize and what we try to educate our patients on when they come in by providing, you know, what Kim does, she spends her first two days basically educating our patients. Yeah. Here's what's we going on. We have a spinal care class. And a big part of that is explaining to them how 
the nervous system comes into play and how having a healthy spine by us lining it up yeah. properly will make sure that there's no irritation to that nervous right. system. Yeah, it's just physics. Like yeah. if you have an interference to the thing that runs your body, your body's not going to work perfect. Like that makes sense to everybody, you know. But then you come in and you say, well, a bone out of place can cause that. That's when people are like, what? You know, I'm like, really? Like, really? You ask any woman that's had an epidural. You know, if if something out of place or something getting poked could cause, like, there's no question, you know. But people are like, oh, there's no way a bone could put that kind of pressure. It's ridiculous, like the, some of the stuff people say. So, anyway. Yeah, and so to keep it, I'm, I'm trying to keep it a little more simple. We right. won't get into the main details, but chiropractic, by realigning the spine, can take that pressure off the nerve, mm -hmm. take away the irritation, make sure that nervous system is talking to the rest of the Unimpeded, body. Unimpeded, that's right. And in this case, what we were concerned about is it talking to the immune system. That's right. Which involves length and, and very... Right. And that whole thing is laying right on top of the spinal cord. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? you got the spinal cord, then the sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system laying on that thing like a coprocessor. It's right there. You know, where does that signal come from? It comes from afferent nerves out there in the body, or efferent nerves out there in the body, bringing that information in. If you've got a bone out of place, the connective tissue around it could swell, and that bone, that nerve doesn't get in there as easily. That information gets pressured on it. I mean, it's just... Yeah, and there's, at this point, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much research there is out there on chiropractic and its benefits. And But it, even beyond that, just being in our practice over the years and hearing patients say, you know, now that my family's been getting adjusted for a long time, yeah. we, don't, we don't get sick, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and all, if we do... All, dude, all the time. Yeah, if we like, do... You know, it's here and gone. Yeah, here and it, gone. The body just handles it. So there's just a lot of things that, that could be discussed with us, even when it gets to the point of things like fevers. You know, just trying to explain that, hey, 101 degree fever. If they're sleeping comfortably. Isn't that, without other, any other crazy signs or symptoms, right. isn't a big deal. It's your body, it's showing that your right. immune system is actually working. And our, um, now, like our, our medical doctor patients, they talk about that, like, mm -hmm. It's hard to explain to patients, hey, don't bring them in here. It's okay. Just call us. Just, yeah. They don't need anything. Like, let it go. What they call the, um, it's got a name, therapeutic fever, you mm -hmm. know. Now, good luck with that because you guys just spent the last 30 years telling people that without drugs, the fever is going to make their child explode. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, you have your immune system. It's, it's bringing up that temperature to help. And then all of a sudden you feed it this fever depressor and it's like what the heck's going on yeah. i'm just trying to do my job which sometimes it's necessary yeah and it, yeah, and know. especially i do want to say you know if their fever's creeping up towards 104 you know yeah. now we're not messing around now we're we need to do things around, yeah. to help to help the body fight that off but if it's that low grade and no other major signs symptoms you know there's no reason to mm. to be freaked out the body's actually doing what it's supposed, supposed to do to, and if it's not doing that then that's that's actually the problem i'm digging it nice work dr brad all right, so there you have it, our, our brief symposium on the importance of washing your hands, both the biochemical effectiveness of it can't be touched, the cost effectiveness of it can't be touched, the side effects, none other than time, really, and then setting up your home or setting up your work so that you can get your hands washed all the time, especially if you have young people running around, just hose them down. Uh, uh, with soap or something, you know, it is the number one way to stop that vector from getting into your home. You've got to beat it at the door. That is the way to do it. You know, that'll help you keep keep your home, you know, relatively sick free. Okay, Kim, do you have anything for the people? Dr. Matt, you have something for the people. 
You're making a face. Tops and bottoms, tops and bottoms, in between, in between, all around your hands, all around your hands. Now they're clean. Now they're clean. That's just something that oh, it's wonderful. Kim, Kim had asked me to share with the uh, audience, so that might be something you can write down. Uh, tops and bottoms, tops put, and bottoms. Put in the bathroom. Yeah. We write that down. Yeah. On the mirror. That's right. In the bathroom. In blood. In. That's a good way to. Well, in blood. People will be like, oh, this is right. an important message. <laughs> There you go. That's all I got. Sorry. Oh, that's really good. That's an important thing to have. Dr. Brad, do you have anything? Uh, I'm just kind of still thinking about the pressure washer. It, it, re- <laughs> it really reminded me of... Just let them eat, man. When, when the three of us did Warrior Dash, and we had to stand out and get <laughs> the fire hose blasted on us. Yeah, man. Doctor, to get rid of that mud. Dr. Maurer is talking about, uh, a couple years ago, We somebody talked us into doing the Warrior Dash, which if you're not from um, Midwest or, or from the United States, Warrior Dash is a 5K race with some pretty cool obstacles, and it's actually a lot of fun. And um, you go, and you, you got to jump over stuff, and the bottom line is you are covered in mud, covered in it at the end. And it was a chilly day in the, to start. It was. I think it's set... It was September, but it was yeah, not like, it was not not like, like right it, now. Yeah, right. And so uh, they contracted the Wentzville uh, Fire Department to come spray people down to get the mud off of them. But they did not apply any soap to us. But they did apply a lot of water pressure. A lot of pressure. Cold water. It was awesome, Kim. And it marks the first and only day that I grew a beard. And I haven't had a beard since. That is true. I think that was when Dr. Matt decided that was going to be his lifestyle. Yeah. The oh, the bearded lifestyle. It might be. Yeah. A lot of important things happened that day. Uh, the Really, the beard came from when we started hunting. And oh, then, that's um, true. And then we started going more and more, and that was our affiliation and fascination with um, hunting our hoofed brethren. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. cloven. Our cloven, yeah. Brethren. <laughs> the clovids. We're going after them, Dr. Maher. We're protecting people. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. So, yeah, that was... Um, that was so cold and painful. And then we went back. Yeah, we did it two yeah, years. two more times. Weird. Remember that time you and I ran neck and neck? Wasn't that awesome? Oh, that I was. Hear the All of a sudden, music. there you were. Then I was next to you, yeah. and you were like, yeah, I'm going to make it. And then Dr. Matt was like, this is stupid. And he, yeah. he never, he never uh, ran it again. And he yelled at those dudes. Neither did you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's because we felt bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did. I ran it again by myself. I ran, I got like, I placed high. That was a warrior dash. That was a... No, the first time after I turned 40, I ran it by that myself. Was, that was the running man. All right, very good. Kim doesn't know what that is. You think it's a dance, don't you? The running man? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, I thought my a God. burning man. Kim, so many people it. are going to come in and yell at you. <laughs> so many people. Okay, Kimberly, do you have anything for the people? No. Fantastic. Okay, for Dr. Matt, for Dr. Brad, for Kimberly, I am Dr. Josh. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you in two weeks. And a big thank you goes out to Hug Monster Sound for somehow allowing the doctor's voices to sound even better than they already do.